0: are listening to Confessions of a High School Bible Teacher. Hey everybody, this is Christopher Seals and across the little plastic white table in my upstairs bedroom is <laughs> Wayne Randolph. <laughs> Never been introduced like that. <laughs> um, judging by the fact that we are recording in uh, a blue bedroom upstairs, uh, that means we are not in a classroom. Summer vacation. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good times. Yeah. And this must be uh, Confessions of
1: High School Bible Teachers during summer break. Yes. Awesome. Sweet. So, uh, where are we going today? Um, well, how are you first? Wow. You know, the formalities. Wow. So relational. Um, I'm tired. It's, uh, it's been a nice break, but the transition, uh, any other teacher out there hopefully can uh, understand this, but the transition between school and then break, um, it's just kind of funky sometimes, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what, what, what's priority now, mm-hmm. and um, I'm getting ready for a, a mission trip with, with a bunch of students, going to Guatemala, leaving a couple of days, and so, yeah, my mind's kind of everywhere. So yeah. thanks for asking how I am. How are you, sir?
0: I am doing well. Great. My back is sore. Took a hike a couple of days ago. Heck yeah. Like not like someone told me to leave, but <laughs> but I went on a hike in the Southern California mountains. It was beautiful. Nice. And hot. Nice. But that's what you can do during summer. Yes. Can't really do that during school. Speaking of what we could do during summer, if you can see my car salesman face, mm. uh, yeah, the that's what we wanted to talk about and probably kind of even a little bit more briefly than normal is if you are a teacher, um, and even if you're not a teacher, if you're a student, if you are, um, the type of person who has a job that is largely seasonal, um, what do you do when it is not busy time to stay spiritually fresh? Yeah. Um, I think, go ahead. This was mostly your idea. So like I was, yeah, I was just going to say, I think, I think coming off the heels
1: of, um, burnout and just talking about, um, Man so the again, the end of a season, so you know we talked about students having senioritis, um, we can just probably just call it schoolitis because it's mm-hmm. kind of school wide and then also the teachers get it, and then we kind of explored in that last episode this idea of maybe even Christianitis yeah um, what, what do we do when we start to kind of burn out and as leaders, kind of where do we go with that and um, man after we recorded that podcast and, and had some good conversations with people and just even doing some internal thinking. Um, I just felt like it would be important for us to discuss and, and potentially equip other people to um, and to stay strong, to stay right. focused, to stay spiritually healthy. And um, man, I, I will I will confess at the, <laughs> at the forefront of this thing too. I'm I'm hoping I'm actually praying that this will even be a little cathartic for me yeah. um, as I'm noticing some of the telltale signs of maybe a little bit burned out or overwhelmed. And um, and so, what what do we do to stay? Healthy.
0: Yeah. And maybe not even just stay, but get, uh, yeah. Like, if yeah, that's, that's a pretty big <laughs> assumption. <huh? laughs> right. If, if we've, uh, if we've already burned out, um, then, then what do we do to get back?
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then also, so, so, you know, those, those listening, um, teachers, mentors, leaders, uh, we have a a different role when we get burnt out because we have people looking to us uh, in the midst of that. And and so how do we navigate it? How do we communicate it? Um, But then also, you know, students listening, um, as Chris just mentioned, like you you guys are in this kind of weird calendar as well, where you've got two months off right now. And um, if you recall a few podcasts back, we actually talked about the school kind of being a church. And so... Man, in essence, I guess what we're saying to some of our high school students is, you know, what do you do when church goes on hiatus for two months yeah. or three months when your, your church hibernates yeah. <laughs> um, because you're out? And so um, I asked Chris uh, yesterday uh, via text um, to create a list of some things um, to help people either stay fresh or, <laughs> or, yeah. or get healthy or get fresh uh, spiritually. And so we just thought we'd do a quick... Um, Maybe a shorter podcast today, um, but we just want to go through our lists and talk about some stuff and discuss it and see where it goes. And, you know, then just as always, we'd love for anybody to chime in, um, send us messages via email, um, Twitter, Facebook. Um, we'd love to hear some of your ideas so we can share them as well with with our little
0: family we've created. Cool. So uh, without further ado, tip number one from Wayne Randolph is... Book club. Really? <laughs> yeah so here, here was my thought um,
1: is and I, i've actually the last couple of years i 've been doing this more with students, um, especially when they want to start like, kind of like little mentor groups and whatnot but mm. it's just find a good book let 's find a topic that we 're interested in um, and we could spend a you know huge conversation on what type of book to, to choose, but find a group of people that would be willing to um, Read a book with you. Mm-hmm. And because here, here's what you're doing. One, you're feeding your brain. Yeah. So especially with the uh, the education I know, pause for, for summer, you're feeding your brain. Um, you're doing it in community. I think this is probably... Um, the underlining thing for everything on my list is that you're doing something in community. Mm-hmm. So finding a book maybe it'll, maybe will stretch you, maybe to reinforce some stuff you already believe, uh, and doing it in community.
0: And that is that's actually one of the things on my list. So you stole one, you a-hole. Wait, you you um, had you had book club? No, I don't have book club, <laughs> but um, I had read something difficult and something up, uplifting. Yeah, um, because I think that depending on your personality type, you can tend one way or the other. You could default to like always wanting to to push the envelope, always wanting to like look for new ideas, mm-hmm. or you. could be the type of person that's always just looking to reinforce your old ideas. And so kind of having a balance of two like have a couple books and I don't know if you read like me, but I will read a couple of books simultaneously. There'll be like my there's my bathroom book yeah. because I have a rack of books in front of the toilet. My bathroom book is Clash Royale. <laughs> and I level up. <laughs> um, and then I have like a sleeping um, mm. book. And so mm. My bathroom book currently is The Sabbath by Abraham Joshua Heschel. Which you uh, you mentioned in yes, yeah. the other podcast. But since it's my bathroom book, it takes me a while to get through. Uh, my current bed reading book is uh, What We Talk About When We Talk About God by yeah. Rob Bell. Yeah. Um, and so both of those have elements of challenge, um, of new ways of thinking, and mm. elements of reinforcement and encouragement. And so I would challenge you to do that. Make sure that it's not just one type of reading that you're yeah. doing, but... Some that stretches and some that encourages. I really
1: appreciate that, Chris. Um, as soon as you mentioned that, um, I closed – well, I didn't even close my eyes, did I? But I can see my bed right now. I, I'm, I'm, Like I mentioned, I'm getting ready to go to Guatemala. Mm. And so I have my bed as like my staging ground right now of everything that I'm packing. And I've got a, <laughs> I've got a stack of like seven or eight books. And I'm, and I'm trying to really think, okay, do I really, one, have, have much time to read a book? And mm-hmm. so depending on how much time I have, you know, what book am I going to read? But I, I actually kind of told myself that I needed to do something that was going to be a little bit more stretching. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, thanks. That was actually good advice cool. for me. So I'm, I'm going <laughs> nice. to read, uh, just in case anybody cares, uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s, um, uh, I believe it's called Power to Love. Hmm. And it's some of his letters on enemy love. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping it socks me in the gut. Nice. Um, yeah, so, okay, so book clubs... So book clubs.
0: Point number two, I'm going to go and say is creating an alternate routine. Um, every, um, you're looking at your list. Does that mean you have something like that also? Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, you're you're better at saying it. <laughs> so when I say, I, I think that summer is easy to just totally devolve into chaos, um, into complete just go with the flow complete like not even go with the flow but whatever comes at me whatever i feel like doing and then as a result what i've discovered is that when i try to just completely let go of all schedules all routines all of those things i end up engaging in some pretty unhealthy practices um like i I sleep too long or too little i do things that don't give me life and so actually creating a routine for yourself um And it doesn't need to be an oppressive, dictatorial routine, um, but some some sort of structure. So you're not you're saying don't tap into your inner Pharisee. Correct. Like let's not. Yes. Okay. Which I definitely have to keep him at bay inside yeah. of me, um, but really just <clears throat> choosing. a a skeleton for what what a day Hmm. typically looks like now there's going to be special days where you go to the beach with your family or do things like that but but really saying okay in the morning i want to make it a point to blank um in some time in the day i want to make it a point to blank and when you have that sort of routine um it allows you to be more intentional about the things that refresh you
1: Hmm. what i like about that too chris is that it um (laughs) ideally it carries over into the rest of the the year and in our context into the school year. Right. Um, one of the things, my wife's also a teacher, mm. um, which has its benefits. Oh my goodness. So, so we get summers off as a family. Um, we have a lot of good times, but man, you are so right. Mm. We catch ourselves sleeping in later, going to bed later. Mm. Um, for me, I, I just, I eat stupid, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I grew this belly thing and it's like, I want to keep it or something. So I, over summer, it's like, it's like we just kind of, we put everything on hold, and then next thing you know, August comes around, or mm-hmm. September comes around, and we're all scrambling. Yeah. And I know our students are the same, but we're all scrambling, trying to figure, okay, how do we get back into... So so not allowing ourselves to get fully away from any sort of routine, and maybe introducing something new, is what you're saying.
0: Yeah, and I think that um, we kind of mentioned, so this could be 2.5, um, but taking care of your health. Yeah. Um, it might be part of the routine, um, or it might not. Um, but diet, exercise and sleep. Like we mentioned all three of those things. And I think that for the summer, it's really important to keep those things up. Um, and, when I say exercise, it doesn't mean that you have to uh, like be a fitness guru or whatever. But you got to think. Thank you for saying that because I will not be a fitness guru. <laughs> but even in our classrooms, I mean, we spend a lot of time on our feet walking right. around, and right. so if we change that to couch time, um, right. then we are not going to be doing ourselves any favors when August comes and it punches us in the gut. Exactly. Yeah, and
1: I would say also, um, so so. You've covered one aspect of that, but then also um, within that too is is the spiritual aspect. And mm. um, you didn't necessarily tell us um, maybe some specific ideas of what to to add in terms of like making a routine. Mm. But I'm, so I, I did hear a little bit there, like some maybe some watching what you're eating, watching your sleeping times, maybe mm-hmm. doing some working out. Um, but one of the things I have on, on here is like, um, exploring spiritual disciplines. Hmm. Um, and so
0: point number three,
1: yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe 2.55 or three or, um, w- within <laughs> this idea of, of creating, um, some habits and routines, good ones during summer. Cause again, we create bad ones over yeah. summer. Um, I mean, what a great time to, to, to explore and, Man, you, you those of you listening, you could do something as simple as searching on Google for you know Christian spiritual disciplines. Right. Um, there's a great classic book by Richard Foster um, called I think it's called Celebrate Disciplines, whatever, something Celebration of Disciplines. But he 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 just goes through chapter by chapter. Dallas Willard has some great stuff yeah, his, on it.
0: His book's called um, Spirit of the Disciplines. Of the disciplines. Um, I think a that lot- one's
1: actually a, a better.
0: Well, in some ways a lot of the book is on the psychology of St. Paul and like his like how to read between the lines to get at his spiritual discipline regimen, but there's a chapter right in the middle called Some Main Disciplines mm. and it just sort of in one to one and a half pages outlines um a bunch of disciplines of engagement and a bunch of disciplines of abstinence. Mm. So disciplines of abstinence being the ones where you you set aside something yeah. for the sake of growth and intimacy with God. So it would be things like silence, getting rid of Sound and talking um solitude
1: let's let 's uh can we just run through those we 'll do our version of a page and a half through a couple of those. Cause I'm sure we might even have some of those on our list sure so silence what what are some two or three good examples of uh, some practical exploration of silence <laughs> yeah
0: I, I think silence uh, especially in the summer, there are times now when my wife is off at an exercise class or something, and i 'm just home, and there's no sound really mm. i mean there's a few birds chirping outside. Um, and sometimes the the default is to, uh, I guess, fill that that silence with with noise, with music, mm. with reading, with doing some sort of practical activity. And so, for me, silence oftentimes looks um, like when I find those moments, intentionally just sitting in it. Yeah. Um, and if I do speak a word, saying something like, "Lord, here am I." Mm. Um, yeah. and, then, and then just sitting and being present.
1: So for 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 people listening who maybe haven't even thought about some of these ideas, mm-hmm. um, that that might even sound a little intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say those kind of things right there, like what kind of timeframes are you talking? I mean, is that, is that, could that be a 10 minute little exercise you do? Does it need to be hours and hours and I need to to become a monk?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's as short as a minute. Yeah. um, And I feel all sorts of refreshment Yeah. uh, just because taking a break from the noise and not even just from getting noise input, um but also outputting noise right, right creating noise uh, and so making I know that routine <laughs> yeah <laughs> making space to just get rid of the noise and and closely right tied to silence is well, I guess I didn't answer. So sometimes it's a minute. Yeah. I, I would say if you can, if you could find a space where you could do silence for an hour, um, or an hour and a half. Wayne and I actually. Recently, <laughs> I was going to bring that up. Yeah, we did the sensory deprivation tanks, or the nicer way of saying it is float, float tank, float therapy,
1: float therapy. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but it's it's like an hour and a half with Dude. no sensory input other than you feel the super salt saturated water that is yeah. body temperature.
1: For those of you who have no clue what we're talking about, just go Google, go search Float Therapy. Man, go on Groupon, and they've got coupons for it in your area. I've got a couple of friends that are doing it. My wife and I, we just, we just took a little break before I, I leave for Guatemala and celebrated our 15th uh, wedding anniversary last weekend. And uh, I took her down to, to do it, and man... The rest I got afterwards, I was actually like, mm-hmm. like ready to get out, not anxious, ready to get out of the float tank, but like ready to get out because I felt like I was recharged. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the little green light went on on my <laughs> recharging battery. Um, but then I also want to throw one out. I just took the kids down to um, Huntington Beach, and um, across the street from the beach, uh, across from Pacific Coast Highway, there's a, an estuary, a place where, where birds mm-hmm. come in and they, they hang out on their migration. Um, I've got an f- uh, almost 5-year-old and a 9-year-old. Um, my son and daughter, and um, actually the three of us went yesterday. And I got to tell you, something that was really cool, and even to watch it from my kid's perspective, at one point, we just sat on a bench and, excuse me, the birds were everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, just incredible. And PCH, this, this, this fast highways right by us, and you can kind of hear a little bit of cars, but predominantly it was just nature. And I asked my kids to only use their 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 sense of hearing, hmm. and we just sat and listened. And um, you know, it lasted about five minutes. We made a little game out of it: mm-hmm. who could stay silent. But we talked afterwards, and just what did they notice, and what kind of things did they observe? And even my little ones picked up on the fact that they saw things, or noticed things, or heard things that maybe they wouldn't before. Yeah. Um, and so, just you know, to be Bible teacher, really quick, um, we we've got this um, this verse, and we all know it. And you know, it'd be great to exegete it and put it into context and everything. But just this this kind of simple idea of be still and know that I am God, right? Um, just being quiet, and so. If that means you're driving down the road and you see something beautiful, or you go to Groupon and you go do a float therapy, or maybe or... you
0: literally stop and smell the roses, yeah. yeah, yeah, just
1: all those things, I think, are really um, good ways to keep us um, keep us healthy. Can yeah. you think of any other quick ones? Yeah, uh,
0: um, well, I can, I can go through. I mean, the other disciplines of abstinence include fasting. Um, which kind of goes with the food thing. Like, if you want to make sure that food doesn't rule your life, then you, like, we can put in these practices of where we rule over food through fasting of some sort. Um, there's frugality and simplicity, which mm. basically mean, I think in summer, it's a really tempting time to buy stuff and be oh about my us. Gosh. But frugality and simplicity, um, really, in practice, is just asking yourself, do I need this? Need versus want. Yeah. That was the one kind of thought my wife
1: went into the sleep tank with, or mm-hmm. the float tank with, was simplicity. Yeah. How do I how do I incorporate incorporate that into my physical life, my spiritual life, my consumption life?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. And so frugality and simplicity, I think, are really big, especially if you're kind of an it's Amazon rad. junkie. Um, oh, it, guilty, it, yeah, same, <laughs> you got same, me Same, but it feels like Christmas when that package shows up do you, on see the you a trading post. Do you know that one? I've seen oh, it. I'm a
1: gear junkie. Oh yeah. I get it dude. <laughs> yeah. Simplicity.
0: Yeah. And so all of those are disciplines of abstinence. Those are the things that we remove something from our life to, I guess, be more open to what, what God perhaps wants to say to us or, or teach us. I mean, there's also, there's others like sacrifice and, uh, secrecy. So doing nice things without being noticed for it. Mm. Um, but then on the other side of the spiritual disciplines are disciplines of engagement. Yeah. Um, and so If you grew up in the church, then probably the only two that you routinely were given is pray and read your Bible, Mm -hmm. um, which both are disciplines of engagement. Was Wednesday night dinner? With the church, does that include one? <laughs> Is that included? <laughs> well, actually, um, if you use the the Christian terminology, fellowship. That's absolutely. Right. absolutely. Right. Yeah. So we engage with God's word. We engage with God himself when we, um, when we talk Age to him. We engage people. with God's people. Yeah. Um, but also in that list are things like service mm. um, and uh, worship and celebration and all of those sorts of things. And yeah. I, I have a feeling that some of those might show up on our list. Yeah. Um, but... Point number four that kind of sure. jumps off of what you were doing with the birds there, um, I think, <laughs> is the idea of getting out into nature. Yep. Um, I think sometimes our classroom environments are so sterile, right? <laughs> even even when we put a bunch of stuff on the walls to make right. it less sterile, right. it's just, it, we can tell it's just it's just noise on the walls to cover up how sterile the. The, yeah. the false ceiling. What's
1: that? Have what's that, uh, you ever heard that phrase about like, you know, if you step in dog poop, if you just spray it with perfume, like it's still, it's still dog poop. Right. right? Yeah. yeah.
0: And so all of our, our classrooms, I mean, for the most part, they're not, Spaces of creativity, no. um, or spaces of beauty, or spaces that inspire awe. No, they're more um, func- they function. Yeah, they, <laughs> function. they have a function exactly. And that's even the case with a lot of our churches too. Like, mm. um, even if I'm I'm not a Catholic, um, I, there's something about creating like works of beauty that inspire oh, awe to help you engage the divine. Um, so true. I was recently reading some quotes by John Muir um, and, and sort of talking about like God. God did not create any ugly landscapes, Mm. provided that they are wild, right? And I think that in the summer it's an excellent time to get out into those landscapes, Um, because I think that if our entire if our entire summer is spent in small enclosed sterile spaces, then we're going to have a really hard time bringing any awe Mm. or expansive view of God into our classrooms. Oh,
1: and I man, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Jab that a little bit more too, man. If if I'm just stuck at my house, mm-hmm. um, maybe because the climate's better, we live in SoCal, so I have the AC running. I've got the World Wide web at my at my yeah. fingertips. I got all these video games. Man, I am actually only hanging out in man-made. Creations, and I'm only focusing on man-made creations. Yeah, Um, and so I want to throw something out there. Um, I'm one of those people that actually experiences God in nature, Mm -hmm. and and it seems to be like a lot of our a lot of the Christian family is that way. Um, But let's not compartmentalize it. If if you're one of the ones that says, I just I don't do that. I don't look at that tree and think God. um, Cool. Get out and look at the tree, anyways. Yeah. (laughs) Get out there. Uh, And so, actually, when even as you're talking about that one of the reasons I do this Guatemala trip, even though like right now I'm feeling like heavy with it and I have all this tension about stuff we got to do and get done. I love getting kids out of our sterile environments Mm -hmm. into creation, into nature outside of their comfort zone. We use that phrase a lot. Um, so they can see and experience God differently. Right. And, um, that's actually one of my, my goals when our kids come back is that they still want to go do hikes and they want to go hang out in the park and just watch people. And, um, so, yeah, w- along with that one uh, it with within nature, um, I have um, Baruch
0: walks or baruch hikes nice uh, that is point number five sure yeah,
1: kind of but it kind of goes with the nature and getting out and getting into nature and getting physical, like you said. Um, but um the apostle paul has this crazy idea of that we should we should pray ceaselessly mm. um and you know with our western lens we might interpret um that phrase you know w- one way but you know, recognizing and remembering that Jew, Jew, Paul called himself the Jew of Jews. Yeah. That, that he he is a Jew. Um, what what might he be talking about? And there is this Jewish understanding of of blessing God constantly. And yeah. um, we've got records um, not only in Scripture but also in in, in other uh, in other texts in the Talmud and in, in the Midrash and traditions of. Um, Rabbis just going outside and blessing God. Um, so maybe for us, walking outside and, and looking at the beautiful day and hearing the birds and looking at the mountains, we're really blessed to live right next to the mountains and and to say something like, "Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, Creator of the color blue, right. or the Creator of, of you know th- these birds that sing constant songs of adoration towards you, and the Maker of the mountains." And the idea is that you are keeping, you are keeping the idea of God fresh uh, at the forefront of your mind. And so to go on a hike, to go around the, even man, walking your sidewalk and praising God and blessing God for the way that life wants to even like push through the cracks of the concrete that, that, you know, there's nothing we can do to stop. I don't know. I'm getting a little hippie there, but, but really intentionally getting out and walking and looking
0: for God. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want to throw something on that or um, recently I was not recently. Two months ago, I was talking to some students, and we were talking about Brother Lawrence, um, mm. who wrote "Practicing yeah. the Presence of God." Yeah. Um, and after that conversation, we sort of committed to saying, "Okay, in my prayer life this week." Um, and we did this experiment. And we, whenever there was something that was beautiful, that was good, um, so if saying "Blessed are you, Lord our God, Creator of the universe," like doing the actual Baruch formulation, if that is um intimidating to you what we did is we Too just formulaic. <laughs> <laughs> what we did is we just looked and uh, took take a moment to be fully present and fully acknowledge that thing mm. and then say thank you mm. that's it just in your mind say thank you look at the mountains and say thank you
1: which is uh man it, it seems like that's the same kind of strategy that we're even doing with fasting right when we're setting aside stuff um our own stuff our own desires and looking at what's around us and just being thankful to the provider right to the creator
0: yeah yeah Um, I would say point number six that I've got is do not isolate or oversaturate socially. Um, Depending on your personality type, um, I think it is easy to do both of those. One, if you're an introvert, um, then it'll be easy to lock yourself up at home and not hang out with people and just have me time. um, Netflix and chill with yourself? (laughs) uh, (laughs) Probably not chill. Sorry. (laughs) I forgot what that means. Woo! Um, So, but yeah, you could could isolate yourself. uh, Or, on the flip side, if you're an extrovert that just needs people around, um, you can fill your life with the noise of people. Which, not that people are bad, but sometimes... um, I remember, maybe... there was one summer that I remember I was constantly hanging out with people. And at the end of it, I realized, man, I just filled my life with noise. Mm. Like I didn't do anything meaningful. I didn't take yeah, a moment to pause a to it. Right? Yeah. Like it's hard. It gets, it gets tiring right. after a while. And then on the flip side, I think my tendency is more to isolate. And so really finding a, a balance, a healthy balance and not even a balance. Cause that, I mean that I'm not even sure it's that balance weird, is a, a is a Christian term. term. Um, but he- but healthy, yeah. Like and, and
1: I think even if we go back to the concept of shalom, like whole and complete. Um. So so finding kind of that routine that that allows you to remain whole and be whole, right? As opposed to being taken apart, so, yeah. or,
0: or, or feeling left dry afterwards. Yeah. And, or... and so I guess the the takeaway then would be intentionality with who you spend your time with and how much time you spend with them.
1: Totally. Um, yep. That goes, I'm just going to tag onto that one. So point, mm. point 0.5. Seven. 7. Point, 6.5. Point 7. Um, <laughs> with, well, with the book club and with like these hikes, you can be really intentional about doing this again with, with people. And yeah. so I like the idea of saying, Hey, you one, two, three, whatever group of people I, I would like to meet with you weekly. And so then you do have that routine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's healthy. Uh, you are in community with other people. You're being intentional about it. Um, if it's once a week, you don't have to worry about being oversaturated. So on that, in my list, I have weekly coffee mm. um, with people. Um, maybe that's one or two friends, and um, maybe it's the same. It, it goes with this idea of a book club or whatever. Yeah. But, but just being intentional, creating routine, and, and being with people um,
0: yeah. yeah, it seems like we're on the same page. Yeah, I th- and I think um, maybe number seven, that kind of—wait, did I say seven already? I don't this know. is 7.5 now. Go. Um, is Sabbath. Which seems ironic, because all of summer might feel like Sabbath, Um but for, so We could be fooling ourselves, though, yes, couldn't we? Yes, um, and uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but a Sabbath is a day for praying and playing. Mm. Um, and so if you are just having time off playing, it's not necessarily Sabbath. And if you are doing spiritual activity, um, it's not necessarily Sabbath. But it's when we combine those two realities of being unproductive and being in the presence of God, creating sacred time. Can
1: you give me one or two examples of what that looks like, especially, um, you know, us urban folk
0: living in SoCal? What Absolutely. Does that look like? um, what I think it would look like times that we have tried to practice this, it means putting on a crock pot in the morning mm. so that you don't have to think about what is for dinner. Um, it means inviting. I love. I love,
1: I love that idea because like, that sounds so like almost foreign or silly. Like, yeah. Wait, how can that be Sabbath? But then, as soon as you say it, I think in my mind, okay, my wife and I. We're going to spend at least 15 minutes talking about what do we need to do right. for, for dinner, unless you're one of those planners that plans out your me- menu Maybe like right. a month in advance. But then it's, OK, what stores do I have to go to? Right. What
0: what items do I need to get? Yeah. So it means preparing like for a, a time of rest, whether it's 24 hours. Yeah. I, I like doing the, the sundown to sundown model yeah. um, just because, I mean, well, it's the ancient version of it. Um, but if you crock pot in the morning, then at night you can have a meaningful dinner with some friends, Mm. maybe even throw out a question for your friends. Like sometimes it could be as simple as what are you learning right now about God? Or it could even be what's a question you're wrestling with right now. Um, and then you, then have a an intentional meal mm. that you don't have to worry about who's cooking it and who's bringing what because you've planned for it earlier in the day. Yeah. You you be intentional about maybe rinsing off the dishes so you avoid the ants, but but not really <laughs> doing the dishes and feeling like everything needs to be spick and span before you go to bed and and just enjoy if it. If that's
1: Sabbath and I'm constantly on Sabbath, Chris.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. and then the next day waking up like knowing, hey, for the first 10 to 12 hours of today, I don't have to do anything Mm. Um, and actually fighting that urge. For some of you, this uh, Sabbath might be difficult because you you have to fight the, the urge to be productive. Mm. Even in your reading, um, being uh, intentional about, okay, don't read that book that increases your efficacy as a teacher, but pick up that book that will challenge you to think about God. Mm. Stretch Um, you. Yeah. And so maybe it means watching the sunrise. Maybe it means like, I don't pet my dog very often. Um. So maybe it means just sitting down and petting my dog for yeah. a minute. Is that where part of – you had mentioned at the
1: beginning of that um, something about joy and kind of entertainment. Yeah. Not, you didn't use the word entertainment. Play,
0: play, play and pray. Play, thank you. Yeah. So would that be kind of the play part, like yeah. playing – yeah, and in the playing, then you you do what we were saying. You you Baruch. You yeah. you bless You're God. God. You say thank you for all of for these the things. Yeah, Chris, I'm I'm
1: I know we've talked about this. I'm gonna safely assume that I've mentioned it on the podcast because I repeat myself a lot. Um, but there there is a day in Guatemala, and like it's it's next week for me, and mm-hmm. I I, yeah. I think about this day the entire year. And it's a day where no joke. We're just playing in the jungle. We're charging. We're floating down a jungle river. We go to this gorgeous place where my wife and I were baptized—a place called Samuk. Um, but one of the things we do there is I tell the kids, like today, our prayer to God is that He would accept our laughter as a form of of praise, yeah. And that we would we would say that this is this is our way of saying thank you for this opportunity of being alive, yeah. this gift that we can enjoy His good earth, His good creation. Um, we can enjoy each other. Yeah. Um, it seems like on that day, I don't even. Usually, we eat falafels. I think, um, but <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the jungle, these like fresh, you know, falafels and pita, and but even even the food just tastes better that day because mm-hmm. there's there's just this like reverence and, and mm-hmm. constant thankfulness and. Um, I want to make sure you guys hear that, because as an idealist and optimist, I might talk about that a lot, but something key that I said there was that I look forward to this day all year long. It's one day. Yeah. It's hard to do this every single day, let alone once a week, but find days like that. And if you can't find a day, find an hour where you could just put yourself in a position where you can acknowledge God's goodness and be thankful and let that fill you. Because yeah. it does carry with you. It carries with me for the rest of the year. Um. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and closely tied to, since it, you're talking about your Guatemala chip, yeah. trip, I think another thing, um, I guess point eight, <laughs> would be to serve. Um, find yeah, a place earlier too. Yeah, find a place where you can serve and get involved um in the work of the kingdom. Um yep. I think that as teachers sometimes we can be so bogged down we are doing the work of the kingdom wherever we go. Right. Um but if we want to inspire students into different ways of doing that work, I think it requires that we uh, I guess we experience some of those alternative ways yeah. of experiencing the kingdom, so that way we can bring those into our class and suggest them yeah. um, and, and a in a time where we have a little bit more space in our schedules that's a that 's a time to try out that that ministry you 've wanting to been trying out it. or that service opportunity or that missions trip. Um, it's a great time to do that. I love it,
1: and th- really, you guys, for those of those of you listening, and, and even for myself sitting across from Chris, the only thing stopping you from doing something like that is you. Yeah. Um, th- there are there are so many organizations and services, and um, you know, groups of people out there doing good things that are in desperate need of, of volunteers. Um, so I mean, that's as simple as going online and and just a simple search of, you know, places to plug in in my, in my local community. Um, I'd love to even challenge you guys listening that it, it can be outside the context of your church. Yeah. Um, don't always wait for your church to provide a, an opportunity for you to serve. Right. Um, and then maybe that's, maybe that's something too. Maybe you, it's time to step up at your church and you want to start something and start a service project. And um, we've mentioned a couple of times that, I, you know, we, we take students once a month. It's once a month. It's a couple hours on a Wednesday night, and we wash clothes for the homeless um, down in a, in a community close to us. And um, that organization is called Laundry Love. They're all over the United States. Yeah. That's a great one you can get plugged into. Um, but yeah, get out and serve. Um, it, it made me think of Henry Nowen, hmm. uh, one of my my more favorite authors, who is this genius, and he's you know he's 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 really it. He, you know he's this he's this big dude and realizes. I need to serve and he lowers himself and he goes and works at a hospital for, for mentally handicapped and, um, he wipes butts yeah. and the stuff that he learns, like the, the books you know, I'm sure as soon as I said, Harry now, and there's a lot of you out there that's like, yeah, you know, we love him, but he has so many books and papers and these little homilies and stuff just written on what he learns in the midst of, of yeah. humbling himself and lowering himself and serving. Um, yep. Yeah, it seems so, like a good biblical model. Yep, so serve, I dare <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, so serve. Um, you got anything else on your list? Yeah, I have another one. Um, we kind of got into this, but um, spiritual formation or finding a spiritual director. <laughs> These are kind of buzzwords uh, for some right now. Um, it, it, it goes in, it goes align, uh, uh, it aligns itself with some of the spiritual disciplines, but um, really intentionally opening yourself up to, 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 um, to somebody else to help mm-hmm. kind of guide you as you open yourself up to God. Yes. Um, and so this is, this is spiritual formation is just allowing your spirit to grow. Um, so often, I think especially as Christian educators, we find ourselves um, in the business of enculturating and teaching mm-hmm. young Christians how to how to talk as a Christian. Um, and what happens often, and at least this is anecdotally speaking, this is what happened in my life, is we will work on the outer man, so to speak, yeah. or outer woman. Um, not with any sort of malicious <laughs> intent, mm-hmm. um, but all the while the, the our inner spirit is kind of just... Tired and dying, and wondering why aren't these routines working, and yeah. so intentionally um, looking for spiritual formation, which which looks like reading and hiking and right. fasting, and um, or finding a spiritual director.
0: Yeah, and and if you are if you are younger and not in a position of leadership, then it might be a little bit more simple. Just find someone you look up to. But I think sometimes even as as teachers, since you can, it's easy to find yourself in a place where you don't have a lot of people who are. I guess above you or that you look up to. And so that's why I would say like looking into spiritual direction, there are people who are trained just to come alongside you and help you hear the voice of God. And so, um, even humbling ourselves, you you talked about humility and service. I think humbling yourself to be below someone to help you um, hear the voice of God is super important. Totally.
1: There's um, one in particular, uh, that I would uh, point out. I don't endorse this as like the only one. This just happens to be the one that I've been, um, Getting fed by lately, but there's a website called soulshepherding.org. Sh- soul mm-hmm. uh, and this is um, Doctor Bill I- I- Gaultier. I don't know how to say his last name, but he he was mentored by Dallas Willard, right? And he and his wife do a lot of um, good stuff like spiritual formation. And man, I- I've been uh, I've been reading actually lately. He has a whole thing um, that he did on John Wesley's meditations on the Lord's Prayer, uh, and have been reading through that mm. lately, and just how he he incorporates that into his daily walks, into his daily prayers, um, and so even just going onto their website and finding some tools. Uh, but they're not they're not the only ones. There's a lot of people out there doing it. Yeah. Do you um, do you have a ninth point? Well, within within the uh, <laughs> yes, kind of <laughs> within the. Um, spiritual formation, spiritual director. The other thing I, I was thinking was to mentor somebody younger or newer in the faith um, to intentionally put yourself into position where you're not stagnant, but you're having somebody else's, um, I don't want to say depending on you, uh, cause that does sound like some pressure, but kind of depending on you. So putting yourself in a position where you can mentor someone, um, as well, I think kind of forces us to acknowledge yeah. whether or not we're healthy. Um, I also have grow a beard, grow a beard, that's grow a super beard. important. That's super important. Um, get a mentor yourself. If you don't have one yet, mm-hmm. summer's a great time to get a mentor yeah. or, or ask someone to disciple you or, yeah. And that kind of um, goes hand in hand with the spiritual direction thing. Yeah. Um, grow, grow a beard was my last one on there. It was an attempt to be silly. So that I, I ended with a joke on my list. <laughs>
0: Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did it. The, the, the only <laughs> other thing I had was um, chew on a question. <laughs> um, sometimes we, we just did the doubt episode a couple uh, yeah. weeks ago. Um, and I think that it is easy to get an answer mode um, and easy to get into um, help out students process yeah. through their doubts mode. Um, Especially so, as teachers. Huh? Yeah. And Man. so. Throughout the school year, that question that you have allowed to sink into your subconscious Mm -hmm. um, and you've told it to shut up because you don't want to chew on it. um, Now's (laughs) the time to chew. Tell them to speak up during the summer. Yeah, tell them to speak up um, and see what what to do with that. I like that. Um, Right on. Cool. Well, uh, we promised a short episode and we lied to you. It's not that long, though. We're like 40 minutes. Oh, sweet. Cue the music. Bump we love, television. we love you guys.
1: This yep. is really, uh, we're we're having fun. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Again, please keep sending us messages and
0: ideas and thoughts. And, yep. Yeah. Have a summer that uh, that strengthens you and fills you with life. Shalom. Baruch Hashem. <laughs>